Coming up on This Week in Games, Google unveils all the juicy Stadia details. Nexon's auction for controlling interest ends, and GameStop is in danger of getting delisted from the stock exchange. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and we are in our final pre-E3 episode. In fact, this episode is being recorded while the Bethesda press conference is happening. So I'm ignoring it for you guys. Um, And although EA already dropped some announcements, I'm going to hold off on my E3-related news until next week's summary, and I'll try to, like, summarize it and maybe talk about how some stock prices have shifted since E3 announcements and so on. So, the big news this week, Stadia finally reveals the details we are all waiting for. So, Google Stadia will cost $9.99 a month for 4K streaming and 60 frames per second. 4K streaming to 60 frames per second, I remind you, is no guarantee. And to reach those specs and hit them consistently would require magical internet, I would say. (laughs) Stadia will also provide free games like platforms like PSN and other kind of like, you know, console subscription services do. Starting with Destiny 2, which Destiny 2 ironically is going to go free to play soon anyways due to a decision by Bungie. The Founders Edition of Stadia will cost $129 and comes with a limited edition Stadia controller, a Chromecast Ultra, three months of Stadia Pro subscription, and an additional three months Pro subscription to give away to a friend or, I don't know, your dog. Who cares? Um, (laughs) Stadia Pro will launch in November and will work on PC, Mac, Google, Pixel 3, and 3A, and TVs, and pretty much anything else you can shove a Chromecast into. Um, In addition to the Pro version above, Stadia will have a free tier that will release sometime in 2020. The only drawback is it'll be limited to 1080p. The free tier is pretty weird and confusing to begin with anyways, um, because I suspect there's some more contingencies, because I don't think Google's going to take that quite big of a hit (laughs) on a free tier, um, because obviously the Google Cloud services aren't free. Games in Stadia at launch are kind of a random-ass collection of games from the past five years. Nothing particularly amazing, to be honest, and even worse, the only new game announcement that was made so far was Baldur Gates 3, and the developer Larian Studios has said it will not be exclusive to Stadia and will be available on every platform they can shove it on. So that's unfortunate, and I'm also a little worried about a non-Bioware Baldur's Gate And it just reminds everyone how far Bioware has fallen with Anthem, (laughs) considering like they could have done Baldur's Gate 3 and EA made them do that terrible game. So not good. E3 will have more Stadia game announcements, but again, likely not games that are exclusive to Stadia, though. I mean, we could see some, but very likely just general releases games like I imagine you know, Samurai Showdown, which is getting released on all the systems already, will be released on Stadia as well. I bought a copy of Stadia, but no, I didn't choose the weird-ass Wasabi controller because, I don't know, that that hit the uncanny valley of natural colors I'd like to see in my house. Um, Let's break it down. Uh, The Founders Edition, $130. So three months of Stadia, that's $30. Three months to give away, that's another $30. That brings it down to $70. Chromecast Ultra, I wonder how much these go for. Let's look it up. 
Chromecast Ultras, they cost $60, so then $10 from the controller. Okay, so you're coming out a little bit ahead. I'd say the controllers are probably like $50, so let's say you paid everything full price separately, you're saving $40 by buying the Founders Edition or whatever. Still a steep price. Let's break it down. The good $10 a month is ridiculously good price for unlimited 4K streaming of games, given that you know, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo all charge similar monthly fees of five to ten dollars a month just to use their online services. And by online services, I mean play games online at all. So that's only a fraction. What it costs them to put up like PlayStation Network and host it is a tiny fraction of the cost that it's going to cost Google to give you 4K stream, 60 frames per second, unlimitedly on Google Cloud for Stadia. So that $10 a month, golden, you know. I, God, I thought it was going to be like $5 a week, to be honest, and a cap. So $10 a month for unlimited 4K, golden. Free games included in the $10 a month, pretty good. I mean, out the gate, you're giving us Destiny 2, that shit. But, you know, hopefully you see some better games. Um, and that free tier makes sense. They, I don't think they commit it to how often you would get a free game. So I know, I think it's PlayStation Network gives you one every month. I don't know if they've committed to like once a month or once every two months. So we'll have to see. And not being charged per Google Cloud usage, awesome. Let's get to the bad, no exclusive games and the games that announced weren't even like heavy hitters that people currently want. So that was pretty weird to be honest. Like <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey was one of the launch games and that game, you know, already a year old, maybe even a little older, a little older than a year. And, uh, yeah, like there's no heavy hitters. I'm sure there'll be a few like simultaneous releases given upcoming E3 announcements, but still nothing like this exclusive, you know, whatever Activision game or like Call of Duty 18 is going to be like three months early on Stadia. So nothing too crazy in the game part. $130 still way too steep for a Chromecast and a controller. Um, and it looks like Google doesn't have a game library subscription service lined up. So it really exposes them to being crushed by competitors who will probably have one along with the cloud service fees. So instead of charging $10 a month, Microsoft could charge $25 a month, give you all first party games, give you a library of a hundred games and give you day one launches of Microsoft studios, first party games. So not having the games library subscription, bad. The Strange, how much money is Google going to lose on the pro tier at $10 a month for 4K streaming? I mean, let's say you're like a super active gamer. You're looking at 50 hours a week in gaming. I don't know what it costs, but like 4K streaming, 60 frames per second at 50 hours a week, Google has to be losing money at $10 a month. How much would they lose on the free tier? And is it actually free? Are you going to have to see advertisements? Like, what's the deal with that? That one's also confusing. And why is it limited to Chromecast? Effectively, any setup bo top box can play. Apple TV, Roku, pretty much anything could play it, to be honest. So why limit it to Chromecast? Obviously, everyone's going to go, well, Google owns Chromecast, and they also own Stadia, so it's Synergy. Okay, I get it, but like Stadia is already going to struggle. And being first to market, not having exclusive titles, not having the library subscription games, not having a lot of things, really, and not ever playing in the space... Stadia should worry less about Google hardware synergies and really just try to eat as much market share as they can. This is their chance. That's why they're taking a big loss of $10 a month. Like 
They need to eat market share right now and then hold on to it as hard as they can. Dig a trench around it. Do whatever they can to keep that market share. And I don't know, limiting Chromecast, that was also a weird decision. Now, I've been reading a lot of non-game industry, like people's reactions. People who color, like, cover like mostly high-tech, like Stratechery or other similar like tech strategy blogs. Their reactions to Stadia's announcements, and they're way more forgiving than me. I mean, they're kind of like encouraging this idea that Google's in some super long play and doesn't care about exclusive titles for now because eventually they'll have those exclusive titles in like five years. My counter is that Microsoft and Amazon kind of have a more prominent cloud service, to be honest. And Amazon is definitely willing to hemorrhage money to kind of overtake a market. And Microsoft already owns 10 plus AAA studios, top IP, already has a library of subscription games with first party games on there. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for Google to really shake things up. They need to start, I don't know, maybe purchasing like big studios or something. Hard to say. They they did hire Jade Raymond um, for their first party. I don't know. It's called like Google. What was the announcement? Google Games and Entertainment for Stadia or something. I don't know. Nothing's been announced. It's going to be hard. But it's the first of many steps in the upcoming cloud fight. I mean, if we look at like where Microsoft was 10 years ago, who would have thought Microsoft would be the most valuable tech company right now, right? I mean, it's the first of many steps. They have their foot in the water. They came out swinging. I bought it. I think everyone else should buy it and give it a shot. I mean, it'll be a good barometer for like what we can expect in the future. If it ends up sucking on a mass scale, it sucks. If it ends up being like pretty good, maybe we can all see a future. Like, I mean, we're at the future now where no one goes to and I'll cover this later. No one goes to GameStop and buys a physical game. So they're already buying digital games, you know, downloading them on their console. We might be there where like no more consoles. Cloud gaming's good enough and everyone likes it. So we'll have to see in November. All right. A few more uh, interesting tidbits of rumors and news. Kotaku is reporting Blizzard has canceled two games to focus on Overwatch and Diablo. So dubbed Codename Eris, a StarCraft first-person shooter was reportedly being developed Along with the unannounced mobile title, both games have been scrapped to focus on Overwatch and Diablo. And when they say Diablo, they're not saying Diablo Immortal because rumor is Diablo is both being developed as a Diablo Immortal and also the rumored Diablo 4, which is supposedly going to get announced later this year. So we'll have to see. In the last uh, news news, before we get into business news, I don't know, a small portion of Cuphead will be playable on Tesla dashboards later this year. Now, this isn't a story. It's just a bizarre announcement that I wanted to share. Like, you can play, like, a few levels of Cuphead on your Tesla dashboard. That just shows you Elon Musk has too many drugs at too easy of a reach. Um, all right, let's get into some business news. The first business news, uh, I couldn't think of a great title, so I'll just go ahead and say it, and that's GameStop is fucked. And, yeah, that's the headline I came up with. It's very mature. I'm sorry. GameStop stock is on a death spiral, and that it could almost foresee it getting delisted from the stock exchanges for falling below $1 a share. GameStop's shares dropped 40% this week from $7.82 to as low as $4.78. Shares were up to $15.90 just earlier this year. And it's kind of, they were obviously much higher many years ago. So not a good sign. Revenue is down 13.3%. Though GameStop claims it's still going to hit its yearly revenue goal. Probably not. 
games and games hardware sales are much lower than expected and uh but there is a silver lining sales of collectibles were the only positive as they were up around 10 percent gamestop is getting rid of its quarterly dividend that should make investors the opposite of happy and i said this many months ago but the last time uh the stock took a nosedive gamestop banking on physical oh that's right sorry I, I I got my notes confused. The last time this stock took a nosedive like this, you know, I was saying like GameStop banking on physical sales and it's shady like used game business needs to stop. Um, this nosedive is just a continuation of the previous nosedive. The last time GameStop stock was this low was back in 2003 where they got released by Barnes & Noble and then bought up and merged with the electronic boutique, its rival. And then that's when you saw GameStops like everywhere. That's when all the game companies went out of business, the mom and pop companies went out of business, and there's only GameStop. That's the last time the stock was this low, except for there's no mergers to announce because GameStop owns pretty much 100% of the physical retail space. It just shows you that physical retail is kind of over for games. My recommendation because I know GameStop is asking me right now. They're like, Eric, what can we do? I got you, GameStop. <laughs> Focus on low, low-end low local esports. Like, you know, have your own beer league for like Overwatch or Street Fighter tournaments weekly, fighting game tournament weeklies. And then focus on collectibles and nerd culture merchandise. And that's where you can make money. You know, you're still going to sell games. You're you may maybe even run TCG and trading card game tournaments, like run magic tournaments, sell magic cards, like do everything that physical nerd culture needs a physical location for. And that's where I think your money is. You can still sell video games, but you don't need to have like 800 copies of Destiny 2 in your store because no one's going to buy 800 copies of Destiny 2. And digital sales have pretty much overtaken physical sales. But interesting enough, that includes in-app purchases. They overtook them a long time ago. Interesting enough, digital $60 game, like single game purchases, you like buy a game on its day of release, will probably overtake physical sales of $60 box games later this year. So box games are over. Now, this, the other side of the coin is maybe GameStop should die. And from its ashes, like a physical gaming retail store will rise up that we deserve because we all have plenty of gripes with GameStop, and we all have probably tons of story where GameStop fucked us over, or someone was rude, or you know they cheated us, or they just were annoying to go in there. Maybe it deserves to die. That's an option too. <laughs> all right, next up, Nexon's auction closed May 31st, and recent bids for the company are surfacing. So Nexon has been auctioning off its 98% controlling interest that's held by CEO Kim Jong Joo and his wife. Nexon is South Korea's number one publisher solely because of Dungeon Fighter Online and MapleStory. I don't know why those games are still being played. I say this every week. Bids for Nexon include South Korea's number two and number three publishers, Netpar Netmarble and Kakao Games, along with three other bids from private equity companies, KKR & Co., Bain Capital, and MBPK Partners. What? Is this 1980? Like, paying capital and KKR buying some giant international conglomerate? What's going on here? Um, those are kind of the hoo-hoo of big PE, I guess. Um, I don't really know MBK partners, but I'm sure they're a giant PE company. And I'm sure all of these are leveraged buyouts that are not cash exchanges. So the number of... Uh, Number crunchers in America deemed the estimated 11 to $13 billion price tag for Nexon to be worth it. 
We'll see how this shakes out. I have a prediction the Korean government, though, isn't going to let their shining star of games go to an American PE firm to be gutted and leveraged and saddled with debt. Come on. the gov- They would be re... I don't want to use the word. I don't want to use that word anymore. Sorry. They would be really stupid to let that go, and it would, like, sink the morale of the entire South Korean gaming industry. I wholeheartedly suspect Kakao Cow Games will likely take it, given that... You know, it's a consortium. It, it, they're the lead investor, but it their bid is backed by a consortium of other South Korean companies. And then they're also backed by Tencent, who has infinite piggy bank. So my prediction, Kakao Games will take the auction. Um, if not Netmarble, there's no way in hell KKR, Bain, or MBK are going to touch Nexon. All right, next up. Big acquisition this week. Still Front Group acquires Kixai for $90 million. Wow. $90 million is cheap for Kixai. So the formerly infamous Facebook and mobile developer has been bought out for $120 million, $90 million up front, $30 million in a payout earnout period where I'm sure they have to hit some numbers that are probably unhittable. Still Front Group will add Kixai to their RTS games, Kixai and their RTS games to last year's string of acquisitions, including Good Game Studios, Imperia Online, and Playa Games. Kixai broke onto the Facebook market with Backyard Monsters and effectively set the playbook for how to make a social RTS, which Supercell famously took and ran with with Clash of Clans. In my opinion, Kixai is most famous for their recruitment video in the early 2010s which made fun of top video game companies um, in a very kind of like mean-spirited way. They had like one company had like a baby crying in a suit at a big desk. Another company had like an old grandpa who didn't like understand video games. And it was poking fun at like Activision and a bunch of other big names in the video game industry. Definitely worth a look. It's kind of a time castle in gaming history. Um, Yeah, Kickside. I interviewed for them way back in the day. Um probably like close to 10 years maybe a little like less less than 10 maybe eight years ago they seem pretty cocky uh i couldn't get past like a phone screen with hr they didn't think i was good enough which i i think is funny <laughs> um yeah they were very cocky they were making a ton of money backyard monsters was a mega hit they also had a very big like ship game i don't remember the name of it on mobile and facebook as well that was kind of like Clash of Clans, but with ships. Um, yeah, they're making money hand over fist. Kind of weird to see them sell for $90 million, but frankly, you haven't heard anything from them since like, what, like 2012, 2013? So it makes sense. They were probably just holding up, and then, you know, the owner of the company is like, all right, time to get paid. But, God, $90 million, I feel like you could have sold the company for like, I don't know, like $250 million like five years ago. Crazy. Crazy times. All right. Rounding up business news, Tencent sells five of its 20% stake in Glue. So Tencent owns 20% stake in Glue. They sold 5% of that total stake, so about a quarter of their stake um, for $56 million. It's kind of a smaller story of the week, but it kind of like just like GameStop stock has been on a tear downward. Well, GameStop has been on a, like a death march down to the ground. Glue actually is like a roller coaster <laughs> straight to the ground. Clue shares peaked at $11.54, um, but recently have been on a nice downward slope and currently sit at $7.05. No signs that that's going to come up again. I guess they're kind of getting propped up by the Kim Kardashian games and all the old CrowdStar hit games. So, like, uh, 
Covet Fashion and Design Home. So those three games, I have to imagine, make up most of Glue's revenue. Um, I don't see any hits coming out. They need to start looking at acquiring companies. But with Jam City and uh, Zynga kind of on an acquisition spree, given that Zynga is willing to sell its headquarters to fund more acquisitions, I don't think Glue has that big of a war chest. So the likes of them getting like another big Kim Kardashian game, I don't know. Things aren't looking good at Glue. Maybe they should figure out how to make games internally. <laughs> All right, let's round up some uh, kind of like bad news. You know, that's how we end it here. Institute of Play, New York's gaming nonprofit focused on integra- integrating design principles with education, closes after 11 years. The Institute of Play has done things like bring programming education to classrooms through video games, recently getting over 100 Nintendo Labo kits and NYU classroom, NYC classrooms to teach kids about technology and designing like cardboard and integrating technology with shit. I don't know, whatever. Kind of a big loss for the Big Apple. Um, I've met with them a few times. I think they were at GDC and I met with them. Um, yeah, seemed like they did good work. It's a bummer. And last up, Starbreeze Studios lays off 20% of it, 25% of its staff. Wow. Who would have thought this was coming after they were raided by creditors? Uh, 60 of the 240 remaining employees at Starbreeze, who's most known for Dead by Daylight and Payday 2, will be laid off to further cut costs. Starbreeze is currently under a plan of reconstruction, which is like bankruptcy in Sweden, except for much worse, and you actually have to have results, <laughs> and needs to save over $300,000 a month in expenses to continue their plan of reconstruction. So... I'm not banking on them surviving the reconstruction. I think a lot of their publishing deals and IP deals have been pulled out. Not looking good for Starbreeze. All right, that's it. Um, there's our pre-E3 episode. I'll go rewatch whatever I missed for Bethesda's press conference. I'll sum up E3 next week. We'll sum up stock price movement. We'll sum up everything. And uh, you guys enjoy E3. I'm Eric McConnell. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.